was not what I was expecting. Can I see one? No, no. What's that for? Make sure he's dead. Sheriff, what happened? No ID, no fingerprints in the system. For now, she's a Jane Doe. He needs my help right now. 11 o'clock, I'm all yours. Subject is in her mid to late 20s. Hair brown. Eyes gray. What happened to you? First, they bound her. Then they ripped out her tongue, poisoned her, paralyzed her, forced her to swallow the cloth. What is that? we are i think we're ready aren't we recording already sure let's do that mumbly fade in thing that we do uh-huh. and then we're all like hey listeners you're listening to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast we are a podcast that talks about horror movies it's almost as simple as that but uh, we're going to spoil the featured attraction maybe not spoil the recently watched stuff we talk about and um we n- don't make any guarantees that we're uh that smart. we know what the hell we're talking about. Smart, or knowledgeable. that we even watch the right film. That's happened before. Um, we're not professional critics, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And we don't really uh, try to be. We don't want to be. We just want to talk about movies and uh, maybe have a drink. And uh, somehow reach far corners of the world. I don't know how that happens, but it keeps happening. I, th- I think the original motto of the BBC was uh, educate, inform, and entertain. Hmm. And, and we don't guarantee we'll do any of those things. But yeah. some, sometimes we do all three, and sometimes we do none of the above. Right. Uh, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Uh, you can find them on Amazon or iTunes where you can buy their music digitally. You can say hi to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon hyphen Rays or the Moon dash Rays. Say it how you want to say it. Um, that's it. That's housekeeping. We can, uh, we can leave now or we can talk about, <laughs> right. uh, what we watched recently. Let's gabble. Yeah. What have you watched, Julian? What's, what's happened in the last, uh, uh well, I've been working on, uh, wow. the burning metronome series. Um, tell our listeners what it is you do for that since they may be new listeners. Our work, uh, for it. It's kind of, um, sequential art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, about a third of the way through penciling that. And then are you inking? 
Yep, yep. So you're doing pencils, ink, not color. Yeah, I hope to finish the pencils uh, this month and then uh, get them inked December before uh, various festivities kick off. And before then... the book comes out, it's often hard to put the art out afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll just throw in some random colors and hope it, hope it matches. Hope it matches. Just word Bit balloons for now. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, January, I've got to get a cover done for another fantasy series. And, and then there's the Colorado Collectives thing. The launch party starts, uh, is this Saturday at Malahide Comics in Denver, which is like a bunch of, a few dozen Colorado artists doing a little bit for uh, towards a, a comic yeah. collection. Um, yeah, so All I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I have no idea what I'm doing for that. All right. <laughs> so are you, tr- are you trying to get things done before Thanksgiving? Uh, that's not a big deal to me. So, uh, okay. yeah, that's just like uh, they they bring me up from the studio, and I eat and <laughs> right say hello to whoever's turned up, and that's <laughs> and then, my Thanksgiving. And then back to the dungeon. Yeah. Now, do you find that being uh, being that you're now an American and you live in America, uh, is it ironic and unfortunate how some people um, constantly bitch about Thanksgiving? Like, oh, my family's going to come over. Oh, there's going to be fighting. I, I've noticed that it's tradition to uh, gather together and hate each other on festive occasions, which is, like, weird. Yeah. <laughs> weird to me. So, Especially since here you have to go to such distances to see people. Like, a, everyone's so split up. It's a big country. No, you know, that's what the great thing about this country is, <laughs> is that you can move, you can still move. be yeah. in the same country, and never have to see any of those but, but people then, ever again. Then every so often you have to, like, haul yourselves to the airport and go through all that rigmarole and... And then no, see you can ride a bus. Don't like and not fight with them, and then uh, and then come all the way back again with thousands of other like-minded people. Just, yeah, no, just do away with all that. Emily came over for a. We had this like um, uh, it was my grandmother's ninetieth, mm-hmm. and it was gathering of the the clan for it. It was a big big do, and uh, so you know you had quite a lot of people. Yeah, crammed into this hall. And she was like, this is so weird. Everyone just likes each other. They all want to be there. <laughs> it just freaked her out. Yeah. <laughs> I watch a lot of Unsolved Mysteries, and they deal a lot with the uh, what they categorize as the lost loves, which is usually some poor soul looking for their birth parents. And uh, they always show the end, you know, where this person is meeting these middle-aged people that they don't know. And they're teary-eyed, and I just always wonder, like, why? Why would I want to meet these people? <laughs> just be like, they're great. There's a whole group of people out there I don't have to meet. <laughs> but, uh, and I, I wonder, are there people that turned them down? Or like, no, I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, also this week was the uh, the uh, book sale at the library, so I always go along to that for one morning and uh, see what I can score. So I did pretty well this year. I got, uh, like, a Hellboy art book. Uh, there's something weird video collection of The Veil, which is a Boris Karloff hosted series. It's like 10 episodes and they're supposedly based on actual things like Jack the Ripper and things like that. And then uh, a paperback version of uh, Planks of Reason, which is one of the, well, I guess it's one of the earlier collections of like academic writing about horror movies. 
so essays basically came out in the early 80s yeah yeah so i read the hardback from the from you know my library back in england you know a long time ago the first edition and then so this is obviously like a more recent soft cover edition but it's uh you know it's just you know got people like robin wood writing about american horror movies and do you know off the top like it's, it's pretty heavy yeah. stuff but it's it's good it's re- it very helps you articulate um you know, your critiques of films in general ah do you yeah, know do you know off really the top of your head how many up. essays there are uh there's quite a few like dozens yeah a couple of dozen i think Cool. Uh, is it familiar? Have you heard of it? I haven't. What's the, any idea what the title means? <sighs> I forget. It's a, it's <laughs> I'm sure it's quote. Uh, I'm sure, it's poignant. Darn it! Uh, yeah, I forget where it's from, but but it's like uh, your the horror movie as as like the irras- an eruption of the irrational planks of reason. Uh, Looks like there's uh, yeah. two parts. Yeah, there's quite a few. So they're, they're like constructing like a like a twenty plus essays it. or so. Mm. Oh, that's great. There's one on Halloween. Yes, Hills of Eyes and Hills Have Eyes, Biological Alchemy, the films of David Cronenberg. Oh man, Mummy, not the Mummy that we all love. The Mummy, the Mummy, <laughs> the fuck Mummy, the fuck Mummy, 2017. You always have to add the 2017 <laughs> yeah. in there to, to be clear. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to don't want to poison the. I like to think that's actually ones. part of the title, Mummy 2017. <laughs> like it's a futuristic Mummy. Yeah, mm. I always liked how the rappers, like the hardcore gangster oh, oh, rappers. Here we go. It's an Emily Dickinson poem. Oh, okay, that makes and sense. And then a plank of reason broke. And I dropped down and down and hit a world at every plunge and finished knowing then. I like that the emergency vehicles faded in and faded <laughs> out while you were reading. That sounded great. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't have engineered that if we'd wanted to. need some wolves howling. This has a terrible font. Yeah, it's just one of those terrible. like dry academic yeah, things. Like- they've always like comes off a typewriter and straight into print you know yeah like some crazy person typed that out and then copied it, <laughs> but it yeah, i mean but i, I did but it's didn't, a, it didn't enjoy good. reading it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about what you see oh what have your, i seen have you continued? seen anything well for any new listeners tell tell them what noir vember is uh noir vember was my attempt to watch a noir movie every night i've failed Oh, oh man, how many you miss? Yeah, I missed all this week. Oh shit, busy we week. We watched or... uh, we watched some other shows that Gene wanted to watch. Uh, we missed uh, yeah, we missed one, and then it just kind of snowballed. We've been watching a series, couple series, the uh, Halcyon, which is about a hotel in Britain at the uh, start of World War Two. Hmm, it's kind of uh Downton Abbey soap opera esque. Right. Might be okay. But with a bomb shelter. Uh and then the other one is uh The Collection, which is a set in post World War Two Paris. So it <laughs> Just like watching book, the first <laughs> Yeah, watching the first two episodes was I you know, you if you watch enough things you can kind of put them together you, you watch these and we watched them in quote chronological order 
And uh, it, it was, it was like, how are they going to tie all this together? So the Paris one, the one in Paris uh, in 47 is, uh, they're trying to get like the Paris fashion scene back on its feet after the war. Oh yeah. And not let the Americans snatch it up along with everything else. Right. After World War Two. Man. Uh, it's an okay series. It might have Mad Men like possibilities. It's a little early to see. Yeah. It was unfortunate we watched one episode and neither of us paid attention to it, which is is bad. <sighs> yeah. I mean, Eugenia will read her tablet or look at her phone occasionally. I mean, unless it's something really gets her attention, but I don't do that. I'll at least give the movie or show a chance. Mm-hmm. If a movie or show isn't quite doing it for me, but it's kind of interesting, I might scroll Instagram because you're just looking at pictures. <laughs> and if something seems to be happening, I'll look up. But a lot of times you can follow along without looking. Yeah, and, and no, it, I agree you can do that. But I'm willing to at least give it my full attention mm-hmm. for 90 minutes or so. My Instagram feed is all horror creeps, burlesque girls, and chihuahuas. <laughs> Hey, I like that combination. It's great. Uh, what else? Was that it? Um, I think so, other than Autopsy of Jane Doe and uh, an episode of Outlander. How is that? Uh, it's not very good, but Gene seems to enjoy it. Huh. So I won't badmouth it too much. I couldn't get into it but i didn't start watching from the beginning so it was a bunch of people i didn't know obviously with Mm -hmm. very involved relationships between one another but not knowing them it was just a bunch of nonsense about some lady who walked through a stone into time oh wow i don't know 18th century scotland and the scottish are fighting the british Hmm. Because the British are always fighting somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For anyone and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're wearing orange smocks or red coats, there's always time to put on mm-hmm. bright colors mm-hmm. and go go fighting. Or left to ourselves, we'll, we'll start a civil war, you know. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Just that, that beer, you know, yeah. once that gets going. I mean, we drank beer instead of water for centuries because the water was so bad. So Yeah. So I heard uh, recently, to, to segue quickly on that, is that schools in France are thinking of, of introducing non-alcoholic beers for high school students be, to kind of curb them away from soft drinks with lots of sugar. Okay. It's like, that sounds like a reasonable idea. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's like training wheels for your alcoholism. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can drink early or there. Yeah, you can. That's a cultural difference uh, in in mainland Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents adopted it as well because, uh, you know, you know, when you're still a kid and when you're still in your teens, they they like share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wine or beer and and uh, you know when you go out to a pub or something and and. uh, is you know it's just you le- just learn to drink and be sociable and not go nuts with it. It's not yeah. like you're left until you're 21 and then you all oh, breaks loose. Well, in 15 co- actually. Well, I in, think in the woods. Legally, yeah. <laughs> I think here in Colorado you can actually drink if your parents give you the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I think you can be 18 and go to a bar. 
and drink right. if you're with your parents or <laughs> your spouse who's over 21. <laughs> and you can buy an ounce of weed. And then, like, <laughs> Louisiana, they had a law you could buy beer at 18, mm-hmm. but you couldn't legally drink it till you were 21. <laughs> That's just weird. Yeah. But you could also drink alcohol on the street there. Damn. Something's going on. Shall I read some more poetry? Yes. <laughs> sure. Um, so on to me with my list. I don't know if last week I had, if I had yet watched and talked about The Only Living Boy in New York, that I'd watched that movie. No. It was a... Um, it was an Amazon original, which basically means they bought it and put their stamp on it. I think yeah. that's how that works most of the time. Or they got the funding out there for someone who was ready to make it. I think it's almost always after the fact, though. Yeah, I think it usually is. Um, I was pleasantly surprised that um, Jeff Bridges was in it. Uh, the, the young guy in it, I don't know what age he's supposed to be playing. I'm guessing around 20. Um, he's supposed to be off to college or about to go to college. He's like fresh out of high school and to some degree, I don't know. And uh, he's living in one part of New York, um, not right next to his parents, but they like to have him come over every week for dinner, like Sunday dinner or something. And he doesn't like it because he kind of feels like it's everybody's opportunity, you know, when they have this dinner party thing where everybody just tries to, you know, bitch about certain things and show off about certain things. And he doesn't really care for it. And, um, he discovers he has a new neighbor and it's this character Jeff Bridges is playing. So there's a relationship that starts to uh, establish because this kid, he wants to be a writer, but his dad owns a publishing house. And I think that's Pierce Brosnan plays the dad. And uh, he's just really not um, wanting to get in with his dad. He doesn't get along with him as well as he should and doesn't really care for the whole bougie lifestyle. And, uh, he feels like he's a pretty good writer, so he it's revealed later in the story that he did submit some writing and that it was not accepted, but it was deemed serviceable. And he was just like, serviceable, fuck that, I'm not going to even deal with this. So you get to know these characters and what they're up to, and then some surprising things are revealed. Um, it's it's really it's charming. Series? No, it's a movie. It's a movie? Uh, it's about a 90-minute movie, so it's, it's in there right where you want it to be, and... Uh, it's probably somebody's love letter to what New York was and then what it is mm. now because the older characters talk about, you know, what it was like in the village back in the day. And, you know, without hearkening too much, they do talk about it and you get to hear some of that side of it. And then what's happening with rent now and who can't live where and what's being developed and what's all bougie now. So it's really charming and interesting and, uh, it's a good drama, and I don't really try to watch a lot of dramas, so it was good. Uh, so I don't think I did talk about that last week, because I feel like I watched it on either Saturday or Sunday. No, I don't remember you talking about it. So I did watch that. <clears throat> um, I watched one of those really dumbass comedies where n- nothing is remotely believable, and it's over-the-top ridiculous, bordering on slapstick, but uh, it was uh, The House... 2017. The one they set up a casino. Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> so it's dumb as hell. Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler, and the dude with the beard from Brooklyn Nine Nine. I can't think of his name, but he's really funny. He's kind of crazy and. Um, wow, I've never heard of this film. Yeah, it's 
It's serviceable. <laughs> it's serviceable. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty funny. I think that should be our new rating right there. <laughs> right. Serviceable. Is it? It's a pass fail for serviceability. Yeah. Um, so it was a pass for serviceable. No, it was actually pretty funny. Like I don't expect much from those movies. I have a like really low expectations, and when they're actually making me laugh, then I'm pleasantly surprised. And they did some ridiculous stuff, which is what I want in a comedy like this. Just don't yeah. even don't even try and rein it in. Just be stupid with it. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't mind. I watched a really cool. I tried to watch this Hitchcock thing that was on Amazon, but it had like. Um, like really like early nineties production values. And I was like, I can't watch this thing. There was like uh, different fades and wipes and <laughs> things oh, that man. would come into the screen with uh. blue outlines. And Oh man. Oh God. It was like, I can't watch this piece of shit. It was on my screen for not more than two minutes. I'm like, oh. I feel like a bad person, but I saw another one. I think I want to watch. Mm. So I exited out of that one. And then I watched Hitchcock, Truffaut. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, that came out in 2015. It's about when um, Truffaut had Hitchcock over to France for a sit-down interview. Um, I guess it was, I don't know, it was televised or just filmed, but he turned it into a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the book looks like something I want to own. Oh, yeah, yeah, the book's awesome. You've seen it. Okay. Yeah. So this is this is really something you should see because okay. it's, it's on Amazon. Um, I don't need to say much more than that. It's Hitchcock. He's a genius. And Truffaut, this is like, also a genius. Because the, the French were taking him way more seriously than the yeah. American critics were. So this like really legitimized him with the serious critics in right. America. Yeah, which it should. You know, it, it, it maybe sometimes takes somebody with a different standing to say, hey, <laughs> yeah. pay attention here. And um, Truffaut really cared. And he did end up becoming friends with Hitchcock, like genuinely friends. And neither one of them lived a whole lot longer after that. Mm-hmm. Hitchcock, another three years, and Truffaut, not much longer after that. Um, and I got up in the morning, and I didn't want to watch the horror that is the 24-hour news cycle, which I do sometimes watch just to see if, you know, we're on the brink of... What, the most insane thing that's happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want the latest mass shooting or... How much more brinky are we to nuclear war? Like, so I turned on a movie channel. Um, I don't know if it was Showtime or HBO. One of the many that are milling about there before we I cut the cord. We watched the day after. <laughs> the day after. <laughs> yeah, just... I watched Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> I had missed maybe the first 10 minutes, but I turned it on and Grace Jones was on my screen. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm watching this. Oh, right. yeah. I saw it in the theater when I was a teen. And uh, it holds up. In all the bad ways you want it to. Yeah. Like, I've got to watch that again. It's I, something I, I else. I saw it at the theater and I've not seen it since. But. You know the part where they bring the jeweled horn and they stick it on that statue and yep, it comes to life? Yep. And it turns into a big, horrible, leathery monster? Right. Apparently, Andre the Giant plays the big leathery monster. Oh. I forget what it's called. Fag or Grog or something. But uh, <laughs> it comes to life and it's throwing people around and he's just basically destroying everything in its path. Which seems like, why would you want that? Yeah, why, why? why do you want to bring that bastard back, you know, to life? And it's going to ruin everything. And it's a really lovely palace before he comes to life. Uh, Andre the Giant played that monster. Huh. Uncredited. Uncredited. All this stuff was filmed in Mexico. I'm like, I got to yeah. see, where is this filmed? There was like one thing that was in like Yuma and everything else was in Mexico. Yeah. Um, 
then last night I wanted to watch something kind of that I had seen a little blurb on it. And it's this documentary docu-series that I don't know if it's only a couple episodes or if it's a bunch of episodes, but it's called Rolling Stone Stories from the Edge. And it's about how these hippies started Rolling Stone magazine. And uh, it's great because Cameron Crowe is like, I was 15. I wanted to write rock and roll journalism. And he was living in San Diego and he actually got in as a Rolling Stone writer. Yeah. And they do a whole section on Hunter S. Thompson. And and uh, the, the real downer ending to the first episode is that, you know, they go through all like, you know, we had all these interviews with John Lennon and Annie Leibovitz was f- photographing everybody. And here's how this photograph came about. And you're like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, I, I always saw that and wondered how that happened. And um, the articles were really just gritty and, and right to the point and very honest. And then they go in the whole thing about John Lennon getting killed. And it's like, fuck, what a downer ending to that first episode. Yeah. Know? So it can only go up from there. <laughs> but they did talk about like how things went from like, you know, rock and roll was getting dull. And then all of a sudden the punk scene exploded. Mm. You yeah. know? And they were talking about how the Sex Pistols were touring the U.S. And they tried to do a piece on them. And the Ramones were on the rise. And that stuff was really interesting to me. Yeah. So. That's what I've watched since last time. And, um, uh, shall I do mine? Yeah, get it. Uh, so Brazilian listeners might know The Tramps. I forget what the Portuguese is. But uh, I saw one of their movies, their 13th film. Wow. Uh, the Tramps in The Planet Wars, uh, which is a shot-on-video movie from 1978. So we're doing a takeoff on Star Wars. Shot on shittio? Yeah. It, it was just appalling. I, I Nothing <laughs> translate ba- translates badly like comedies. Uh, <laughs> so if our Brazilian listeners think the tramps are the best thing... The uh, wrong. ...ever, uh, then... Uh, then fight I, I, me. I just didn't get it. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Asylum of Satan, 1971. Las Amantes del Diablo. Debut of William Girdler. Girdler? Who will always be remembered for the Manitou, if nothing else. Um, he also arranged and wrote the song for this movie. And the song's called The Satan Spectrum Scene. Girdler. Uh, have you heard of him? I have heard of Girdler. What yeah, did, did he, he uh, did? Uh, so Manitou, Abbey. Something I just saw his really not like too long ago. Kind of quirky Yeah. horror movies. Was it like, I want to say it was something like Day of the Animals or something. Yeah, yeah. Was it it was terrible. Or Grizzly, but, I think he did. Or maybe, oh, it was Grizzly, yes. Yeah. Girdler. Um, oh, man, Grizzly is nothing but a Jaws ripoff. <laughs> well, this one's from 71. <laughs> uh, technical consultant, the Church of Satan. That's what it says in the Oh, oh really? Um, Pamela Gatz plays the creature. Um so a woman is in an asylum where inmates are dressed in white monk robes. So you can probably guess where this thing okay. is going. Human and, sacrifice. And boy, does it. <laughs> That's just a guess. Satanism? Could be. Satanism play a role. How many horror movies where, where there's a big bag secret where it turns out to be witches or Satanism? None. Oh. Almost none. Yeah. Just this one. <clears throat> uh, also saw uh, Loki's. Uh, which is The Bear from 1970, which is a film by Janusz Majewski. Um, one of those rare things, a Polish horror movie. Oh, wow. Uh, very moody, nicely shot period piece. 
there's a bunch of dead animals at the end, I should warn you. But uh, quite, a, you know, quite a good-looking, moody movie. Uh, and I watched uh, The Babysitter, directed by McGee. You've seen this yes. one? Yes. Did yeah. you enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I uh, mean, it was like the the two leads are great. Laugh. Yeah. yeah, it was it was super stylized and and silly. Yeah, the boy and the babysitter are really impressive. Yeah, yeah. they're they're fun together. Um, the the car stunt at the end is ridiculous. The uh, what? The car stunt. Yes. Uh, I, I thought that was, that was really impressive. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's funny. I enjoyed it, but it just treats you like an idiot. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. there's, there's flashbacks, there's captions that come up. So Oh, yeah, there's nothing left. It tells to you what to think. <laughs> every second, yeah. No, it's not a smart film by any means made for a smart audience. But I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty sleek. Yeah. Uh, so after that, I watched something that's completely opposite. You heard of Personal Shopper? I've heard, I of, the, I've heard of this, yeah. So this came out last year, which is, which is turning out to be quite a golden year. Um this is directed by Olivier Assayas. Uh, this doesn't tell you what's going on. You have to figure it out. You don't know what's going on. For for about half an hour, you're catching totally up. You're lost. figuring it out. just drops you in it. And you're you're constantly following uh, Kristen Stewart. Uh, she's You don't even know what, what job she's doing. She's like wandering around like Paris and buying expensive stuff for somebody that you don't meet for quite a while you don't know why she's doing it and yeah um so it's this so you have this idea of this like a, an american lost in a european city which is you know we're, we're familiar with that from argento and things like that. yeah uh but uh, uh and then there's like this supernatural element to it it's like is she she seems to have some kind of psychic power so she can see ghosts and she's there's something compelling her about it. There's some personal issue that she's got going on. She wants to meet a certain ghost or something. You have to figure it out as you go along. You get the clues, but it's not going to spell it out. Good. Um, Is it good? Yes, all I right. loved it. I, I'm going to get a copy of it. Um, oh, all right. Uh, so the, the the ghost scenes in it, like there's there's like one ghost scene every half hour. There's there's not a lot of yeah. Like straight out supernatural stuff, and even even there, it's ambiguous. But um, they're so well done, they're beautiful. I mean, some of the, um, the best ghost scenes I've seen. Wow. Um, and it's and a lot of it's about how the internet has thinned the line between real and not real, and imagination, and uh, uh, you know, uh, life and death, and uh, present and past, and. Uh, uh, visible and invisible. It sounds exactly like the babysitter. What are you yeah, talking yeah. about being total opposite? <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it, it looks good, and she's she's amazing in it. And she's on oh. screen almost all the time, but she carries it. She's really yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really really like that one. All right. That's what exciting. I saw. Exciting. Right. Personal <clears throat> shopper. Mm-hmm. All right. I hope it's out there. And uh, not like Autopsy of Jane Doe that they wanted $10 for. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, Criterion right. put yeah. it out. Uh, I've got it on my Christmas list. Oh, nice. So it should be getting it soon. I have to ask you both if you remember this from the 70s um, or old magazines from the 70s. Canadian Club Whiskey used to have this thing where they would have like these pictures and then this really um, 
like long paragraph that was in fine print about somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, yes. they've hidden a case of Canadian club whiskey. And one of them, and I remember it really I, caught I my attention. I believe they hit them all over. They did. They even hid one, like, I think they got some criticism for, like, putting them in areas where people couldn't possibly travel to go hunt for them. <laughs> yeah. But it was a treasure hunt, and they gave you a few specific clues that were general enough to where you'd never find these damn things. Yeah. Um, they put one atop a skyscraper in New York. And they nice. had, like, this fisheye lens shot of, like, aerial shot of New York, and they're like... If you, if you look closely, you might be able to see it, you know, and, and this popped into my head today for some reason. And I thought, did anyone ever find those damn things? So, um, I Googled it and it turns out of the 25 cases they hid, 16 of them were found. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Um, <laughs> but it was a weird thing because I know I, it, it sort of sparked my imagination because like if you would sneak uh, certain men's magazines or if you had a, like manly magazines like Field and Stream or whatever, you'd sometimes see these ads. Yeah. But I think it was more like Esquire and Playboy and stuff like that would run these ads. But it was in some of the, I think some of I the... I remember them from old Playboys. Yeah. I think that's where we mainly saw them. But uh, it was interesting that they would, like they, they put a whole Bigfoot theme on one of them. Uh, <laughs> like they were like, this could be Bigfoot's uh, feeding ground and yeah it's funny because they show like this guy who's like hiking with this crate strapped to his back and he's walking on a log that's fallen across this little ravine yeah and i remember thinking, that one <laughs> and they buried these things in the woods somewhere hoping to just you know generate some buzz yeah and uh, i'm not bringing that up for any specific reason <laughs> other than this is something that came up today and was really interesting uh yeah. They're just going to find a bunch of empty bottles with really large footprints. And and skeletons. Skeletons. <laughs> I always thought it would be funny, like, somebody finds them, and they're a raging alcoholic, and they drink a couple of the bottles, and then they're dehydrated, they're disoriented, they're lost. There's a bear. Mm-hmm. It just goes wrong from there. <laughs> yeah. But when you were mentioning bears earlier, uh, the grizzly mm. movie that reminded me that... By Girdler? Girdler. 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 Wasn't so. he a McDonaldland's character? <laughs> yeah, the girdler. The girdler. <laughs> rebel, 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 rebel. Yeah, who yeah. held Ronald McDonald's gut in. The girdler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was always grabbing him from behind. <laughs> maybe, maybe like the boobs he grew from all the hormone yeah. injections they give the cows. <laughs> right. Mm, the girdler. So we watched The Autopsy of Jane Doe. All three of us did. Yes. Um, did we now? Autopsy of Jane Doe 2016. Did you? Uh, yes, yes, I did. Okay. Directed by the, the by the Troll night. Hunter. Yes. By the Troll Hunter. Andre Ovradal. Ovradal? I don't know. Ovradal. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think of this? But an American film. Yes. It's an American film, damn it. Filmed in England. Yes. Oh, was it filmed in England? <laughs> it's an American film, filmed in England. Okay. I think it's an Anglo American film. Okay. Because it takes place in Virginia. where I went to art college. Oh, nice. Uh, There's a village, I think it's called Spending, near Canterbury, in Mm, East Kent. Okay. It started... Near where my dad worked at a factory. It starred Brian Cox, the original Hannibal Lecter, Mm -hmm. and uh, some kid. Yep. Yep. Speed Racer. Yep. It's Speed Racer and a naked lady. And a naked lady. And uh, Kitty from Elementary. Oh, Yeah. Mm. It was. I know. I've not watched Elementary. It's really good. Yeah, you've mentioned. Yeah, she she plays a uh, Kitty Winter. She becomes like a, an apprentice detective to Sherlock. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So uh, what did you think of it, Will? Uh, I thought it was really unnerving and mm-hmm. creepy. And I liked it a lot. And then the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the end was just like, well. Was it too much of a wrap up? <sighs> yeah, it felt like they they did all this. And then somebody said, shit, we have to end this. You better wrap it up. And they just, oh, and then this happened. And it was done. Um, this is what I feared a dark song would end like. Okay. I really thought a dark song was going to end with her in hell or wherever it was. And the demons chopped off her finger. And, uh, and I kind of thought that would be the end. And I would have felt just like I did watching Autopsy of Jane Doe. Autopsy of Jane Doe was an awesome start. I think you mentioned that it would have been a good mummy movie. Yeah. It would have been a fantastic Mummy 2017. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck Mummy 2017. This um, should be Mummy 2018. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine if, you know, it was uh, Tom Cruise and some kid who, and Tom Cruise is a pathologist, <laughs> and they're working in a hospital, and they get this body in that's, mm. you know, I think this would be a fantastic Mummy movie. And then, but this, and I thought it was really creepy and great. And in the end, just yeah, and shit its pants. <laughs> went to hell, and I cannot recommend it based on it. It's sad. Okay. Um, I felt, in a lot of ways, its ending was a lot like the movie The Void. <laughs> yeah. I don't quite know how to express why exactly, other than it was a lot with nothing there. I get you. I, th- I think I know what you mean. Um, Maybe the, like because like the void was was uh, it was like a collection of older movies that they really liked that they yeah. lumped into this film. But uh, autopsy, it felt like it was doing its own thing and being really brilliant. And then the closer it got to the end, the more familiar things came into it. Yeah, right down to the really silly final. Yes, exactly. Shot and then at the end, you were like. Well, what, you know, I I was left feeling, one, what was she, and two, uh, that's it? That just, it wrapped it up like that? I don't know. Um, Did either of you ever see Shrooms? Nope. Okay, this is a movie where I think... Yes, I did see Shrooms, but I don't remember a whole lot about it. It was last year's uh, 31 Days. It was one of those. I think what happens in the movie is you're not sure what's real and what's not because the main characters are hallucinating. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you're getting the unreliable narrator thing. And it seems like this is that in a way. Yes, because, it does rely on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it makes you think of like, well, some of this stuff you heard about the um, the uh, ergot or what was it? The, the, the whole uh, thing with the St. Vitus uh uh, yeah, ergot. Yeah, it was like some moldy ergo. Ergo, <laughs> ergo. <laughs> they were hallucinating, um, but they were uh, they were eating uh, rye that had molded and mm-hmm. turned into LSD, basically. Yeah, and no yeah, wonder that was in Salem. Yeah, and no wonder. Yeah, to, to put it in context, that this was in Salem. And this is why people were seeing and hearing shit that wasn't really going on and thinking there were witches about. Mm. 
And that's what the witches want you to believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, it's the industrial witch complex. Uh huh. The just... industrial witch complex has you know put forth this propaganda that they weren't really witches at Salem, right? But the ear god yeah. made people able to perceive the witchery. Yeah, so it's a it's a good way to explain it away. It's basic nonsense, people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of psychobabble. It's a bunch to... of psychobabble that I've made up designed to entertain the listener. Right. So my thought was that, oh, maybe these guys have been exposed to something like that and they're hallucinating. And then when it turns out that there's, you know, a, a witch Salem trial tie in, it, it kind of made sense in a way. I thought, well, you know, they're just hallucinating like those people in those villages were when they freaked out and started hanging and burning people they thought were witches. So they were hallucinating. They were perceiving things to be happening, but some of these things were actually happening because, um, original Hannibal Lecter was getting broken bones and bruises. Mm-hmm. He was right. Yeah. We were invited to understand that that really happened to All him. All the dead people that were walking around were dreams. Right. Or hallucinations, or whatever you want to call them. I liked the the tradition of the bell being tied to mm. the foot of a, of a corpse. Yeah, it was kind of a nice callback later when you heard that ringing. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. I wanted more of that in the story. Yeah, I thought so the cool. uh, the scene where he's looking in the mirror that looks around the corner mm-hmm. down the hallway, and you see something silhouette Mm. was really effective because you couldn't quite tell what it was but you knew you were seeing something creepy and uh there were a lot of effects in this that were really creepy um eugenia was put off by the autopsy bit and she also says that if a movie's only set in one place she feels cheated oh yeah (laughs) I mean, I understand that to a point, but... Uh, you feel like you're, you have a whole movie. Go around show me stuff. <laughs> yeah. Come on, don't just sit me in one house. Yeah. Your legs work, right? Get up yeah. and go. Who cares if zombies attack one farmhouse? Let's yeah, see what's let's going see what on. see what else in, is going, going on. Going on in Acapulco. Should, yeah. should we do Not a little... something I agree with. Should, should we do a little sidebar about that? Night of Living Dead criterion? Oh, sure, thing? sure. Yeah. I mentioned it. Yeah. Okay, so um, I've been occasionally uh, peeking into... Um, Criterion's website to see is this damn thing going to be released soon? Do we have and a it date? Is. Fuck Mummy 2017 <laughs> is coming to the Criterion collection, as well as Night of the Living Dead, uh, which is going to officially be released February 13th, which is Henry Rollins's birthday. <laughs> hmm. Day before Valentine's Day. Yeah, two thirteen sixty is his publishing yeah. company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, Jolian sent me a link that was basically like you can. You know, buy this thing. It's on pre-sale now. So I did. Oh, nice. So I have Suspiria coming uh, mm. the end of the year. And then I have um, Night of the Living Dead, the 4K restoration with all the additional footage and all. Yeah, work print. All the Yeah, straight from the work print. Night of Anubis work print. Yeah. Ooh, nice. So that's um, something the listeners should know, that if you want the ultimate edition of Night of the Living Dead that will never be surpassed. <laughs> That's the one, and it's on... Never. Never. No matter what Tom Cruise says. (laughs) No matter how much Scientology bucks he throws into this thing. I'm kidding. He has no involvement whatsoever. Okay, back to the story. So, um, 
hallucinations are abound. We Possibly. Ass- we assume some stuff may be real. We don't know. We, the listener, can't trust our own, or the, we, the viewer, can't trust our own eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the cool part of the film is like we're we're being shown things that we don't know whether we should believe. Yeah. So that's what I liked about it was that it was the style of it was really cool. Um, uh, should we feel bad for finding the woman attractive? Who's oh, she's uh, great. She's so she, beautiful. It should be an Oscar for best corpse of the year because she was awesome <laughs> she stayed perfectly still <laughs> yeah she's apparently she she did yoga or something so she was oh, okay. really good at staying still hold, you know maintaining her yeah staying alive while not showing her breathing right she had no visible signs of of um trauma or no scars at all yeah they, uh, just a narrow waist that they assumed had to do with corseting um so their initial examination of her body was like, this looks like there's no reason she should be dead. And her eyes look recently dead. What's up with this? Yeah. That was kind of a cool way to kick it off mm-hmm. is like for stuff to not make sense right away. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really liked about it. Yeah. I like <clears throat> this movie until the end. Right. How could they have done it differently? What should they have done? I think, well, I got the feeling that, she was something, some unspeakable evil that they had done all these things to her to keep her from waking up, or okay, coming back to life, whichever you want to. So, so something. Describe it. So something from like a Lovecraft story, sort of. Not a space alien. No. That would have ruined it. And I think she should have woken up at the end, and then it should have ended. Yeah. Where you're left wondering, like, what the hell is this thing that's so evil that they had to do all this awful stuff to her? But then they... Like, maybe the burned camera would only have a couple jittery images of them first doing the Y incision, and then maybe her leaving the room. That would have been kind of cool. Like, if that's all the footage they could recover was yeah, just... Yeah, or something like that. booking it out the door. Or she's gone at the end. Jingling just down like, the hall. Fine, like, what happened to her, you know? Yeah. Um, But it turns out she's an innocent victim of... Witch mania. Witch mania. And so they did all these things to her because why? Because she was a living corpse? Was she a person then? Or she's always been this like... Well, did they try to execute her and it didn't work? And they tried other stuff and it didn't work? And then finally... They went nuts and yeah, I, I got the impression that ritual, yeah, ritualistic things have been done to her uh, because she was suspected of being a witch. But in the course of inflicting these evils upon her, yeah, they've they made, made her, her evil, evil, yeah, an evil. But that didn't yeah. really. I don't know. Something about that didn't work for me. Um. Just I was just left wondering well, I kinda, what she I kind of like that she starts out as this uh, victim, and then you realize that she's really that this is really yeah. maligned because, like uh, the uh, the Brian Cox character, he he like does everything he can, including self sacrifice, to stop her oh. and and to save his son and yeah. so on. And so he goes through all the trauma. And then it's like she, she, 
you know, she just carries on persecuting the yeah. family anyway. So her internal organs had all the cuts and scar tissue and everything. So whatever happened to her, her outer body healed, but you could, but with the autopsy, they were able to reveal all this trauma inside her body. Yeah. So, um, I couldn't make a whole lot of sense of the, the removed molar tied up and in her stomach, like for whatever reason, uh, they wanted that to, to be like this revealing moment of, oh, there's some sort of ritual. There's some sort of important thing going on here. And fucking Leviticus, man. Every time something (laughs) comes up with the Bible, it's like the most. Well, that's the one where it's like, you shall not suffer a witch to live. Right. It's a really vicious. It's the book that, that, yeah, that, that they all rely on to do their worst to each other, to, to other people in, in this life. And, uh, every time people start Bible thumping and Leviticus comes up, it's like, just stop right there. I don't need to hear any more of your shit because, um, you know, basically you can't do anything you can't do anything right. You're, you know, you're a horrible, awful person because Leviticus says so. <laughs> so, uh, but they, um, but they discover that that's an inscription that's on this little folded piece of cloth that the molar is in. And, uh, there was a piece of string in her cheek, which revealed that, I don't know, was that she, that was from the pulling cloth. the tooth. Oh, it was from the cloth. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, did they pull the molar with the string? Did they tie it to a doorknob and slam it? I don't know what the string was about. No, that's what shows him because the string, he, he was like, oh, that, that's what led him to, to realize the cloth had been force fed to her. Okay. Um, what a weird ritual that would be. Like pull her tooth, wrap it in this thing we wrote on and stuff it down her throat. Yeah. Which accomplished what? More Leviticus stuff. It made her evil. It was an evil spell that mm-hmm. they were tricked into doing to make this person, this thing. But I was just left wondering what she was. And I don't know. I, I just got the idea that she was like an innocent woman who'd been yeah. tortured and, and I got that, killed but what and made did... evil. And so they so made she, her she's evil. She's now a powerful witch post-mortem. Oh, I suppose. Okay. So she behaves a lot like a statue and just drives everyone crazy. Yeah, yeah she, there's some kind of power radiating from her that affects people's perceptions and local weather. And yeah, and the fact that that uh, it's not spoon-fed to us mm-hmm. or, or force-fed to us is great, up to a point. I mean, you want a few answers, but uh, yeah, but to tidy it up at the end wasn't fun. I did like the fact that. We're, we're just going to ship her off to, you know, another morgue, an, another coroner to uh, yeah. to deal with the... Did either of you feel like this was a father and son coroner service? Like they didn't have any regulations or laws that they followed because they were the only business in like 200 miles. So uh, they shipped it to, you know, old man Cox and, and his son and... Yeah, you didn't ask a whole lot of questions about what they did with those bodies, but uh, you know. So they were. They didn't ask a lot of questions where he got the bodies either. Right. So they just sent him to to Walnut Grove because it was closest. Uh huh. And then, uh, you know, well, we're gonna have to take it up to Sleepy Eye. So uh, yeah, exactly. hitch up the wagon. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
I'm making Little House on the Prairie references for oh, okay. <laughs> for anyone who hasn't watched the show. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so Paw and Half Pint are cutting up Paw and Half Pint are cutting up bodies in the garage because the automotive <laughs> industry is crapped out and they got nothing else to do. But Paw's got a copy of Grey's Anatomy and a passing interest in bodies. And uh, he's training up the boy to be the best you know, medical examiner ever because he kills the people himself. So he has to come up with this increasingly set of Dr. Fibish <laughs> ways to kill people and have the son try to investigate it. Mm. There you go. Well, what's great about that is Austin is finally forced to kill his father. So yeah, um, I wish it had been more creative. Yeah, that's so true. You just came out with a good uh, Netflix series. Yeah. <laughs> Each week and bizarre. Each week we have a bizarre death, mm. and they have to figure it out. Kind of like House, but you know they're already dead. Yeah. And then it turns out the father reveals it all at the end because he's the murderer <laughs> he's every episode. Yeah. Every episode. <laughs> What's that one with the old lady who solves the murders? Miss Marple. Murder she wrote. Murder oh, she murder wrote. She wrote. Yeah. It's like it's like murder she wrote's kind of stirred in there too. Yeah. Yeah. House and murder she wrote. House and Murder, she wrote. Murder House, she wrote. Murder House. I like it. So, uh, we have a lot of good things to say about this movie, but there is some disappointment the way they wrap it up. Um, Jolien, were you like utterly disappointed with the ending, or were you willing to forgive it? Did I you... wasn't devastated by it. I was, yeah, and I was, def- I don't know how I couldn't have been disappointed. If they, if they, They'd really pulled off something unexpected, something new. See, that's but why... But it, it just felt so familiar, you know, right down to the, oh, he's dead. No, he's not. Uh-huh. Cut, cut to the credits, you know. Yeah. Just, um... It was all a dream. Mm. See, that's how I... That's exactly <clears throat> how I felt like Dark Song was going to be. And without that ending, I would have felt like, oh, it didn't... But the ending, I think, was... I don't want to say out of left field, but inventive enough and yeah. unbelievable enough that it made it work for me. And I think that's what this movie lacked. Yeah. If it had some sort of punch at the end, some sort of twist that, you know, I don't know, some sort of payoff. Yeah. And it just felt like it didn't pay Cause, off. Cause so much the of the, the first half is so uncomfortable and uh-huh. unsettling that, that when it's so comfortable and familiar at the end. Yeah. You know, in a lesser movie, I, I wouldn't have minded it as much, but it was so good. It was really good, yeah. It had some really uncomfortable, scary scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could chop off the ending or walk out before it ends, go yeah. see it. And just imagine your own ending like we, yeah. did, like we just did. Yeah. Well, I, I picked up the Blu-ray. <clears throat> I mean, it's like less than 10 bucks now. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's it's pretty bare bones and there's no commentary on it. And, oh. um, so, yeah, I think there's room there for a, a, a new cut. <laughs> okay. Um, you know. A fan edit. Fi- fix this movie <clears throat> and I'll buy it again. Oh, man. Because I, I, I was thinking, oh, this is so good. You know, this is one of the best. This is right up there with the best of the year. And Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's, it's still, still top ten, but. You know, it, it could have been a classic. It just like 
it could have totally it. been a classic. And then, yeah, the last 15 minutes, they just mm-hmm. they can, fumbled. and You can say screwed the pooch. They screwed the pooch. <laughs> they fucked the mummy. <laughs> 2017. 2017. And, you know. Well, 2016 in this case. Uh, this one, it, it is interesting, though. We've had really good luck with new movies this last, you know, yeah, last 12, couple of years. 12, 14 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a longer. number of really good movies. And you do hear people sometimes say that, oh, there's no good horror movies. Nothing good ever comes out. And it's like, well, clearly that's not true. And people who put money into projects really need to pay attention to movies like this and Get Out and The Witch and all these other great movies that, that we've all watched. And um, it's like, I didn't like the Krampus, but they put money in it and they made money off it and they're going to mm-hmm. make another one. So you take that with this other stuff that was actually good, like um, uh, It Follows was another one that I wanted to mention Um We've been so lucky to have these good movies. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad for it. I am willing to forgive the ending of, of Autopsy of Jane Doe um, based on how good everything before the ending was. Yeah. It's certainly a movie I'll be <clears throat> going back to yeah. several and, times. And maybe I'll perceive it a little differently watching it again. I really have to recommend it specifically to my nephew, Drew, who works in a... Did I tell you about my nephew? He works in a body lab where they take um, people who've donated their bodies to science and they divvy them up to send different parts to different universities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Just like Papa yeah. Cox's funeral home. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, they divvy up body parts and sure. send them out. So if you want to do your Brian Cox homework, if you love, if you love the Cox, um, watch uh, Manhunter. <laughs> You weren't ready for that one. No. <laughs> um, Manhunter and Super Troopers. Yeah. That, that's all you need from Brian Cox outside of the autopsy of Jane Doe. <laughs> Have you ever seen Super Troopers? No. It's a really good dumb comedy. Okay. It's It doesn't try to be a smart comedy. It's really dumb, but it's so fun. Yeah. And he's the... Uh, he was the, also in Trick or Treat and Zodiac. Oh, Yeah. He, he was. That's right. He's been in a ton of oh, yeah. things. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'll he's recognize always him welcome. the second you see him. Yeah, yeah. he's in X-Men 2 as well, isn't he? I believe he was in X-Men 2. Yeah. He played one of the X-Men. <laughs> um, he was Dr. Stretcho. Dr. Stretcho, that's right. He did play Dr. Stretcho <laughs> in X-Men 2. I have no idea who any of the X-Men are. I'm pretty sure Dr. Stretcho Dr. Dr. Stretcho is one of them, so you were really... Uh, because you guessed that, I mean that's amazing. What's his actual name? Doctor Stretcho. Is it? Come on, Hank Peterson. <laughs> okay, I always thought it was like, did he rip off Plastic Man or did Plastic Man rip him off? Who came first? Oh, uh, Plastic Man yeah, came Plastic first. Man okay. Before Plastic Man's from like 1942. Yeah. Oh, really? That and old? Doc Stretcho is like 1960. Do they really call 61. him that? No, it's <laughs> okay. Mr. Fantastic. Okay. I was going to say, I'm trying to be ridiculous here, and if I nailed it, that's a real... Doc Stretcho. That's a real... Hey, Doc Stretcho is not far from Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> that's true. Fantastic... Why did he call himself Dr. Fantastic? Because... Yeah. I believe he probably had... Does, doc... Does Reed Richards have a degree? Is he a doctor? Did he go to eight years of fantastic school? I mean, Doctor Doom's a doctor. Mm-hmm. 
Right? How did how did Reed Richards crap out like that and just end up a mister? I'll have to reread him because Doom didn't actually graduate because he has the accident. Yeah, he does have that accident. Out, he, he drops out. Yeah, so he never gets his doctorate, but he calls himself Doctor Dan. Right. Because in right. the Marvel universe, you can just do things like that. Yeah, he invented the internet and did a degree online. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but why is it Mister Fantastic? Hmm. He's got an ego, that fella. Yeah, he does. It does seem like people can just call themselves doctor or something as long as they're not practicing medicine and, and get away with it. I think Dr. Doom had a, sec- a successful podiatry business for a while, though. <laughs> I can't say that he didn't, so, you know. <laughs> I'm sure some of our listeners will know which one of us uh, I don't recall the poetry <clears throat> episode no? no oh man no. it was uh, I think it was one of those uh, imaginary tales okay like the watcher yeah the watcher was a mad it was a what if yeah. probably what if Dr. Doom was a podiatrist mm-hmm. instead of a I'd read that I would read that that would be pretty good <laughs> yeah. Victor Von Doom goes down to his podiatry. He's he like, wears the mask. Yeah, and the gauntlet. So he's like uh, really clumsy even in surgery. Yeah. I like this idea. It sounds... Oh, you have terrible... <laughs> Whatever. Terrible ideas. Terrible ideas. <laughs> I do have terrible ideas. All right, so... I was going to um, say terrible bunions. <laughs> yes. Um, so we covered that pretty well. Uh, have you guys thought about what else we should watch for this thing? Um, really not much of a way, tradition of Thanksgiving horror. I mean, there's been recent gimmicky ones. Yeah. yeah. That, was it Blood Freak? Blood... About the turkey man? Blood uh, Freak, Blood, yeah. blood Rage. Blood... Is it Blood Rage? Blood, fuck, I don't know. Blood, blood. It's one of those really <laughs> low-budget movies. Blood, blood. The bloodning. <laughs> the bloodning. Read it I think it's Blood Freak, where it's like a turkey. Yeah, yeah it is. It's Blood Freak, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. I should look it up in this here. Horror show. Video Hounds horror show. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, um, there's not, not much in the way of turkey. Why don't we pick some movies that are real turkeys? Blood and Freak. talk about them. Yeah, Blood or Freak. We could, uh... 1972, made in Florida. There's another one here. <clears throat> Blood Rage is a movie. Let's see if this is, is the one. Is Blood Blood a movie? I'm sure it is. Blood Blood the Bloodning. Blood <laughs> Two. <laughs> uh, blood to Blood. Blood in, Blood out. Blood in, Blood out. I wanted to see Blood Beach again. That came up for some reason. I remember seeing the awesome poster for it. Like, um, Blood Rage is the one that's about Thanksgiving. Really? Yep. Twins Todd and Terry seem like sweet boys, that is, till one of them takes an axe to the face of a fellow patron at a local drive-in. Todd is blamed for the bloody crime and institutionalized, whilst twin brother Terry goes free. Ten years later, as the family gathers around the table for a Thanksgiving meal, the news comes that Todd has escaped. But has a real killer, in fact, been in their midst all along? And one thing's for sure, there will be blood and rage. Well, so, we are watching Blood Rage. 
Unsettled. No, I've never seen it. Have ni- you seen it? Nineteen eighty-seven. I have not. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. All right. It sounds like a turkey. Let's watch it. <laughs> so we're gonna watch a we're gonna watch a Thanksgiving-ish themed. Um, I hope we can all find it. Okay. I will yeah. go out and search for it. Okay. Blood rage. Okay. Nineteen eighty-seven. You yep. said eighty-seven. All right. Um. Todd and Terry. Todd and Terry. Rod and Todd. <laughs> right. Um. There was another one I want to say. Uh, what's the one that Barbara Crampton came back in? Oh, uh, the gate. No, no. The one uh, about the video game. No, no. The um, before that, the one where they were all meeting at the house, and then someone starts killing off the family. It's like a cabin, but it's not a tiny cabin. It's like a vacation home. The one where the woman runs out the door and her head hits a wire. No, I don't know that one. Oh, God, what is that movie? I'm going to have to cut this part out because the listeners are going to be like, you moron, it's this. <laughs> you um, moron, it's Friday the 13th. Well, I guess here's an easy way to do it's it. It's blood, blood. <laughs> uh, let's just see if I can interfere with the signal on our digital recorder again. Um, and like I said, I'll just, just cut I'll just, yeah. I'll just put all this right at the front. Yeah, Make the show top heavy. Yeah, load all the f- excitement right right in the beginning, you know. Wow. Make have, them wade through all the rest of the crap we put our listeners through. I have the same birthday as Barbara Crampton. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday! Well, December twenty seventh. Okay, let's see. What has she been in lately? You're next. That's the one. Damn oh, it! Uh, that was good. Why couldn't I think of that? They all meet. For dinner, but it's not Thanksgiving. Otherwise, I would suggest that one because we haven't done your next. And I think it should be misspelled Y-O-U-R for the internet because most morons on the internet just... Your next. Your next. My what? My next what? (laughs) All right. So... um, Blood rage. Blood rage. We're going to do it. Um, uh, For people who aren't Americans who are listening to this uh, Thanksgiving kind of roves around the calendar because it's like the the third Thursday in November, right? Which could be further along in the month or earlier in the month, depending on when the month starts. Right. So um, street sweeping in this neighborhood started across the street uh, on one Wednesday. And then the following week it was on the Tuesday. So poor people across the street got a ticket. Oh. Man, they almost made it. It's April through November. You got to watch out for that uh, ticket mobile. Mm. Um, that being said, uh, we did cover the movie pretty well. I do, I do think it's a, a recommend in the sense that you got to put just up with the ending. Just turn it off till the, before the end. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just when it starts to look like something you don't like, just shut it off. When it starts becoming increasingly familiar and you know what's going on, mm-hmm. just turn it off and re and write the end yeah. yourself. Once Brian Cox is. Gone bye bye. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he's gone, you know, just just turn it off. Make up your own ending. Once you kiss the yeah. cocks goodbye, then, <laughs> then you're done. <laughs> it just never gets old. Cox lovers, a yeah. podcast about the films of Ronnie and Co- Brian and Brian Cox. So you got Deliverance for Ronnie Cox is in that. Uh huh. So, Robocop. Yeah. So if you love the Cox. The Cox Lover Podcast. 
All right. That's probably a good place to end this thing, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. All right. We can't sink any lower. Let's end it. Hey, send it. On a serious note, I am thankful for food and shelter and enough clean drinking water. And if people think that Americans aren't thankful and thoughtful people, they're right. Um, they're mostly right, but <laughs> we'll, we'll but, bomb you. But, I, but we'll bomb you because we'll fight anyone, just like the British. I, I appreciate what I have. I'm just saying that. I'm going to throw that out there before we come back with blood rage and it's ridiculous. Oh man, and you it know, makes you know no longer thankful for anything it's yes it's going to be thankless i can't remember what we watched but we watched oh (sighs) cowboys versus vampires which was a mockbuster cowboys versus aliens i think it may have been but i think it may have come out long before that because it had total mid-90s production values like that hitchcock thing and it took place in a theme park that was changing from a Western, from old Tucson theme park, which was a Western show, to some sort of vampire supernatural show. And it's like if people got together and filmed them talking about making a movie called Vampires and Cowboys. Oh, God. Like Cowboys versus Vampires, or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, we watched that. That was so incredibly bad. I really think there needs to be a law to keep cameras out of common people's hands. Right. Joe Bob Briggs told us everything we needed to know. Yeah. We don't need the ghoul goes west. No. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Hey, okay. listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. <laughs>